This is Curtis. This is Brian. And we're the Game Night Guys. Each week we give new life to some classic games and introduce you to new ones. But you'll have to wait your turn. And this week's game is Tropes Horror Show Edition. Uh, speaking of tropes, it's that part of the show where one of us is supposed to come up with something witty to say after mm-hmm. we introduce the, the name of the game. You are very correct about that. Yeah. So I think one of us should like insert the witty banter. Okay, let's do that. We got this game from our pal, Christopher. Christopher, a friend of mine. He's my friend too I know. Now. <laughs> I was thinking what you would say. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. Oh, fine. Christopher, are we friends? Yes. He uh, he uh, backed this game on Kickstarter, <laughs> did he not? He did. And uh, he sent it to us. And that was very kind of him. Yeah. And uh, it was a, a modest Kickstarter. It only had 192 backers, but it was successful, obviously, as we're going to play it today. And they uh, funded it with over $12,000. $12,000. 12 large ones. That is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. More money than I have. Large ones. That's a, that's another name for thousands, right? I don't know. Is it? Big ones. I don't know. 12K. What television shows are you watching where you picked this up off of? Yeah, I heard it on some, I don't remember. Maybe another podcast. What are you binging this summer? <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'm watching the second season of Halt and Catch Fire. We discussed this the other day, yeah, you and I. I did. asked if how, how, how much nudity Lee Pace was involved in. And there was not a lot. Yeah. No. And I was like, what about his butt? And he was like, no, there's no butt. I'm like, I'm out. Well, I'm only like three episodes in. There may be butt down the road. Okay. Well, if there is butt, tell me and I may watch it. Then There may be butt down the road. The Brian Gregory story. <laughs> so tell me about this game. Well, uh, this is a direct quote from the rules. Get the room laughing as you and your friends use the cards to tell an improvised story using stereotypes from classic horror movies. Score points by removing characters from play using finale cards. Use your love of horror tropes, a good sense of humor, oh, while well, I'm out, and the cards as your guide to see where the narrative takes you. Okay, so it's a storytelling game. It's a storytelling game using all those cliches that you see in, in these types of movies. In the horror movies. And can I say that I know for a fact that Christopher is big on spotting tropes. That's one of his favorite things to do in movies. Yes, it is. Yes. Christopher has had a lot of... Um, tumblr accounts where like when he's binge watching something he fi- he points something out so he had sweaters of felicity which yes. i think we may have mentioned on game night at some point yeah years ago and um what was another one he did he did something about did he do something on dawson's creek i can't remember i don't remember christopher i'm going to give you a i'm going to give you a, a task you should do the wigs of Sydney Bristow on Alias. That's a good one. <laughs> You'll be very busy with a Tumblr if you do that. <laughs> unless somebody else has already done it. Unless it, he's Which already, they may have. Unless he's already done he it. He may have. <laughs> he may have. So the game comes with 12 scene cards, 12 character cards, about a whole just shitload of story cards. Yes. There's some finale cards and fast forward cards and some plot twist cards. We'll explain all those uh, coming up shortly. So... The point of the game, the, the way you play, if you will, how to win, <laughs> is to use the finale cards to end a story and remove a character from play. Each character removed is worth one point. The first player to get seven points wins. 
if you run out of cards in the stack before then, the player with the most points wins. And so they're saying that there's a possibility that we're going to go through this giant stack of cards. Hmm. It sounds like it's going to take a while to get through this game. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we've uh, set up by shuffling all the character and scene cards and putting them together face down. Mm-hmm. And Curtis and I are going to draw six cards, but we're going to keep our hand to ourselves. No revealing. And uh, then we'll reveal the top character and the top scene cards, and that will determine where our story starts. The player who has seen a horror movie most recently goes first. So that means Brian goes first because I don't really When's the last horror movie you saw? I honestly couldn't tell you. Probably Scream 4, like almost a year ago. Did you go see it in the movies or did you go see it at home? On Netflix. Okay. Yeah. So horror, f- horror flicks just don't have the same impact at home, I think, that they do in a movie theater. I never see them in the theater. Never? Never. Never? No. I think the last one I remember seeing in the theater was probably the first Scream movie. Really? Yeah. And that's 20 years ago. Um, I try to see them in the daytime so that when I leave the theater, it's still light outside. <laughs> Because one time I went to like, I don't know, and for listener, if you've heard this story again, I apologize. Uh, an 11.30 like showing at night, showing of uh, The Watchers. Is that what that one movie was? With the loved Tyler and Scott Speedman and that psycho motherfucker in a burlap mask. I don't know that one. Okay. It's... um. Oh, the strangers. That's oh, what it's called. Oh, the strangers. I, yeah. Because okay. I made. I remember I made a meme called um, "The Strangers with Candy," and I put like Jerry Blank's face <laughs> on all the characters. Fandango. <laughs> it was the strangers. Um, so anyway, when I got home from seeing that movie, I couldn't fall asleep because I kept seeing that burlap mask face motherfucker every time I closed my eyes. So now you go early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So I get to have. I, I get to have a full day after that. To get over it before yes. dark. So before I go, that way I won't go to sleep uh, thinking solely about it. It's such a trope. Getting murdered <laughs> on the way to your car after seeing a horror movie. <laughs> so tired. Players will take turns laying down one card from their hand to tell a story inspired by the character and the scene cards on the table. The cards in play become the script. You begin the script somewhere easily seen by everyone. The first player starts by using a card from their hand and saying a sentence or two that incorporates the card to get the story going. When the first player's turn ends, they draw cards from the stack and return their, their their hand to six. The next player uses a card from their hand and adds to the story and then draws cards back up to six and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep the story moving, don't worry about the plot if it gets weird. Um, if you take more than five seconds to pick a story card, you're thinking too hard. Which, that doesn't make sense to me because you just draw a story card from the top. Oh, in your hand. The one in your hand. I get what that means now. Yeah, picking one from your hand, not from right, the draw right, pile. Right, right, right. Got it. If a finale card is successful, the story ends, and we'll explain how it could not be successful here in a bit. The person who used the finale card takes the character. Each character is worth one point. Then you put the scene and all cards in the script into their discard piles, reveal the next character and scene, and the next player starts a new story. This person will now be the first player eligible to use a finale card once play has gone around the table at least once. So there are different types of cards or scene cards where the story takes place characters which are the focus of the story and a character removed by a finale card like i just said is worth a point story cards um they make the story they consist of actions descriptors things and quotes the finale card is inspiration for you how you can end the current story once played the finale removes the character from play and the game moves on to the next round there are some fast forward cards they let you use more cards on your turn uh they have a number on them so when Mm -hmm. you lay it down you can 
go additionally that many times. In addition to letting you tell more of the story, these help you get finale cards in your hand faster. Yeah, because you're going to draw back up to six every time. So if you play more, you get to draw more. Plot twist cards cancel a finale card. They are used by any player in response to a finale attempt. The character stays in play, and the player who attempted the finale ends their turn. Both players return their hand to six at the end of the turn. A couple things of note. you can, If you have multiple fast-forward cards in your hand, you can play them in the same turn um, up until you run out of cards to play. And uh, if your finale gets canceled by a plot twist and you have another finale card in your hand, the second finale card cancels the plot twist. Oh. So it's like double plot twist. So that's like at the, you think the, the dude's dead and then somebody plays a plot twist and oh, no, he's not dead. And mm-hmm. so then you have to basically shoot him all over again. Yeah, by playing another finale card. Right. Right. All right. Let's kick this pig. Okay. So I'm a little bit far away from the cards. Do they have pizza on the back? <laughs> have you had your vision checked lately? <laughs> well, I see these things. They look like pepperonis, and then the others look like burnt cheese. Um, those are blood, bloody handprints. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's just kind of a gritty, like dark-looking background on these cards. Uh, okay, I see them better now. Yes. I just had to move my glasses a little. There you go. <laughs> Got your cheaters on? No, they're always on. My cheaters? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's reveal our scene. Okay. Where? This is that big homecoming dance. Oh. Uh, it'll be a night that no one forgets. Like or in uh, Carrie. Okay. That, yeah. that was at homecoming. Uh-huh. What other movies have been? At the homecoming dance? Yeah. Um, she's all that. That was a terrifying scene at the end where they were all dancing in unison because that would never happen. <laughs> Isn't that the movie with, with Freddie Prinze Jr.? I've never seen it. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Internet, and I know you will. I know you will. Uh, let's reveal our character. All right. Who's our character? The Oblivious Parents. Oh. It's just your imagination, sweetie. Have a nice time while we're away this weekend. Okay. Okay. So do you want to start us off? Uh, you have seen the horror movie recently, so oh. I'm going to make you go first. How do you know? <laughs> I know. I know. How I do, know. I know. I'm trying to remember the last horror movie I saw. I think I watched... Uh, uh that the haunting of deborah logan or whatever it's called which um has the lady who played opal Cortland from all my children in it <laughs> that sounds like a direct to dvd winner it was uh well it wasn't bad until like of course the end and then it just kind of gets stupid at the end okay it's I'm one so- of those found footage movies or like oh it's a documentary crew that accidentally got all this stuff on tape or whatever i'm still gonna make you go first <laughs> okay whatever so set the scene, Brian. We're at that big homecoming dance. Okay, so um, we're at the homecoming dance, um, and it is, happens to be the anniversary of um, of the of a, of a night where like kids were killed at a homecoming dance. And what? Stuff. <laughs> yeah, and the oblivious parents are chaperoning this dance, and so they kind of never notice like all the stuff that's going on around them because they're kind of stupid. Of course, as most parents are. Yeah, and I put the stupid card down. <laughs> good that you noted that. So, um, well, yeah, like you said, they're stupid, so they're not brainy at all. No, they're not. In fact, um, you know, they're kind of annoying. They are. Most parents <laughs> are annoying. Um, what and what the oblivious parents don't realize at this um, at this prom or homecoming dance, I'm sorry, is that up in the bleachers. There's a girl and she's standing there and she's just waiting and nothing but a bra and panties. Wait. So they're at the dance and she's at the top of the bleachers 
wearing bra and panties. Yes, because she had set up to meet her boyfriend up there. It was like a dare. They were going to do it in public. Do it in public at the top of the bleachers where everyone can see? No, at the top. Like... <laughs> No, like in the balcony above the bleachers is what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, where okay. it's dark up there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not a very good st- uh, storyteller. Well, I, clearly, you've had not a lot of you know interaction with women in their bra and panties. Well, there's also that dances. fact. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> well, while she's waiting, um, she's attacked by somebody very mysterious. Like we never really see who it is, mm-hmm. um, but she, you know, she's attacked and um, not good. Oh no, that's that's terrifying. I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward this uh, screenplay a little bit. Um, being attacked is scary, uh, so she did the only thing that she knew at that time. You know that fight or flight instinct. She ran to the swimming pool in the gym. Oh, to hide. <laughs> well, and um, that was unfortunate that she went to the swimming pool. Why is that? Um, because. Um, she was impaled with extreme prejudice. <laughs> oh, already? <laughs> yes. At the pool, someone just stabbed her? They did. I don't oh. know with what, but she was impaled with something that you would find at pools, typically. <laughs> <laughs> a life-saving flotational device? Maybe. They have a lot of Do shirt. they have a hook that they help get people out with? Maybe she was oh, impaled maybe by maybe they like, um, like bludgeoned her with a skimmer, like a pool skimmer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay. She was impaled with the sharp end of a, a pool skimmer. An unnecessarily pointy-ended <laughs> pool skimmer. Well, that's sad, I, and I have no way to counter that, so you get the Oblivious Parents yeah. card. In case you didn't know what I did there, I played a finale card. That was his finale, and that, that ends the story because I couldn't counter it, and uh, that's it. The Oblivious Parents are mine. That's right. Well, All mo- right. moving on. Moving on. So do do have we s- have six yeah, in our I hands? I have six cards. I now have six in my hands. Would you care to reveal the next Sure. Setting and character. The next setting is <gasps> summer camp. Oh. A lot of horror movies take place at a camp. And the card says, come and enjoy the legacy of missing campers and ancient curses. <laughs> and all right. Our character for this is, and very fitting, the Boy Scout. Oh, good. What does he say? He says, let's get a bandage on that axe wound. <laughs> Appropriate. Right. He's at Boy Scout camp then. Yeah. It's a summer Boy Scout camp. Yeah. That's a thing, right? I think so. Yeah. All right, um, so I think it's your turn to start. Okay. Well, you know, as most summer camps can be, camp was pretty boring that summer. Nothing nothing really happened. So the, um, so the Boy Scouts are talking one day, mm-hmm. and they want to um, do something kind of bad. And so one of them is like, oh, I know a place where you can do something bad. And so they went through the path through the woods to get to this place where they could do something bad. Oh my gosh, that's that's scary. Well, and you know, as happens in most of these horror movies, um, one of the the group of kids said, "I think we should split up." <laughs> well, oddly enough, right after he said that, one of the other kids said, "Let's stick together." Oh, okay. Well, that's a that's a see. This is a, not the typical <laughs> horror movie. That's like the one Boy Scout has the common sense, right? Yeah. But still, there was the dumb one, and and he stayed behind by himself. So dumb. What a dummy. And sadly, he was brutally attacked. Oh, what by a, an unknown assailant. That's terrible. Like the lady in a bra and panty, panties. Oh, are these? Do these stories take place <laughs> in the same universe? Right? I think so. I think it's a vignette kind of. It, it's like shortcuts. It's a lot of those little stories going on. Oh, okay. So, um, 
This is one of those special Boy Scout camps where they, you know, pray away the gay. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> that so, is a horror show. So he was brutally attacked, but it was by another camper who actually just wanted to feel him up. <gasps> oh, that's that's scandal. It is a scandal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after he got felt up, I'm going to fast forward this plot line a little oh, bit. Three cards. Okay. Yeah. So he was feeling like all tingly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he kind of geeked out on that feeling. Geeked out. Mm -hmm. He geeked out. And um, he um, was running and an unknown assailant got him and threw him into a wood chipper. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then set him on fire. And so it was all smoked out in the the woods. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Well, it was about that time that that they realized that their friend was missing, but they didn't know he was dead. So they went back to look for him and they found the pile from the wood chipper <laughs> and the smoky ashes. The smoky yeah. ashes, yeah. And so what else did they say? But I can't believe our friends are dead. Let's have sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst story ever. <laughs> so in, in, a, in a sense, it is a Boy Scout camp and they said, let's go have sex. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's you know some homoeroticism going on. And so then, you know, you get to, you know, he's getting ready to have, you know, sexuals with him. Sexuals? And um, so he did, he was doing some push-ups. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as he was doing push-ups, he noticed off in the bushes um, something scary and he gasped. And then he said, are you up for (laughs) three-way? And he grabbed who was in the bushes and it was like, it was like a killer and he's like all mangled and, you know, burnt looking and everything kind of uh-huh. like, you know, Freddy Krueger and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and oddly enough, they started making out. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, cause that's a place where the movie normally wouldn't go. And right. That's what's making it like re revolutionary. You know? Nice. Yeah. yeah. So as they were making out, um, the killer noticed a severed ear off in the distance. And so, you know, the two boys who were going to have sex with the killer, then they ran. Mm-hmm, obviously. They <laughs> came to their senses. Yeah. They're like, even the killer's like, uh-uh, I ain't messing with this shit. And he's like, right. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Even because he was so hunky, that didn't matter at all. Well, he did push-ups too, probably. Right. You know. <laughs> um, hunky, but a little dull. As most hunky people are, you know, they're not very exciting to be around other than the fact that they're hunky and he knew that he was dull and that gave him a scar of an emotional type and it really really just set him off again and he wanted to murder some more and um so he's walking and he sees something ominous on the ground Mm -hmm. at the boy scout camp he sees this on the ground a box of girl scout cookies what (laughs) girl scout cookies now you might think you know that's something not scary but you know, through the way it, this it, cinematography is lit, mm-hmm. the music, you know, it's not a good thing. Yes. So when he, when he noticed that box of Girl Scout cookies, he heard a sound and he said, what was that sound? Probably nothing. He didn't see that lurking figure making that sound. <laughs> he pulled out his serrated knife in order to protect himself. <laughs> it's the longest story ever. It really is. Can I just end it? Okay, he pulled out that serrated knife, mm-hmm. and then oh, it's a finale, and I get to create my own. He just he's like, I ain't, fuck it, and he slit his own he throat. He slit his own throat because <laughs> he's like, I'm out. That was really anticlimactic. 
Well, Brian's got two cards now. So if you're keeping track of score, which you don't have to on Game Night, guys. No. It's not important. It's not what the show or the game is about. No. I'm winning. You are winning. <laughs> but Brian is will be happy to point out that he's winning at any given opportunity. I'm hashtag winning. You are. There's a relevant hashtag. All right. You all ready for another story? Ooh. All right. This is your turn to pick the uh, place and the character. Okay. Uh, this would have been a good one for the last story. It's the camp counselor. Oh. Whoa. Hey there, campers. Let's not poke the dead body with a stick. Okay. <laughs> so it might be an unusual place for the camp counselor to be if this is not a typical camp ground place. Oh, well, he's at that old abandoned motel. Oh. This is before camp. He's meeting up with some other um, camp counselors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that. So the camp counselor, he's on his way to camp. And he stays at a motel, that aband- that old abandoned motel. But mm-hmm. for some reason, they have vacancy. I don't know why. He's uh, traveling with uh, a little camper that he's bringing to camp. Uh-huh. And um, they see something outside. It's a little weird. It's a little scary. And uh, the guy shows them his gun. He's like, don't worry. The gun's loaded. I'll protect you. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's an open carry state. Of course. Oh, so it's here in Arizona. <laughs> or all the other open or, carries. Oh, yeah. That's another podcast for another time. Yeah, yeah, he says, don't worry, the gun's loaded. And I also have a body bag, so in case we have to kill someone, we can dispose of the evidence. This causes the little camper to get a panic attack, because he's, he's not down for that jam. No, no, in fact, he's totally panicked. <laughs> so the camp counselor has to gag him. Oh, things just got weird. Um, but the counselor ignored him and his cries for help and they don't notice that there is a menacing presence around them what are they at the hotel currently i think so okay i don't know are they i'm trying to keep up with this plot it's kind of all over the place um so he's in order to you know keep the little um camper calm he's gonna take him home he's like okay this isn't gonna work out what take him back to his home you're taking it into a place I didn't No, he's going to take the kid back to where the kid lives. <laughs> okay, that's better. <laughs> but when he gets out to his car, he notices that he has a flat tire. And so the menacing presence is coming after them. So they uh, drive down a dark, or they wa- run down a dark alleyway. Right. Because they're not driving because they had a flat tire. Right. <laughs> Which I just learned. So d- down the dark alleyway. They yelled for help in the hopes that someone would come rescue them and change their tire. <laughs> All right. So, like, let's advance this plot a little bit. Here okay. By some fast, fast forward. forward. Right. So, they, they're in the alleyway. They go into a door that happens mm-hmm. to be unlocked, and they lock it behind them, and they don't realize that they're in a butcher shop. <gasps> yeah. And then suddenly, like, they see a flash of a meat cleaver across the room, the dark room right. and everything. And then they start running. And um, the camp counselor gets um, meat hooked. He gets like put up on a meat hook? Yeah. Oh. By the menacing figure? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. I'm just, you know, I'm inferring a lot from what you're saying. <laughs> and while he's up on this meat hook, that's very painful. He notices in the corner a severed finger, and that's when he starts to panic. Oh, no. So he tries to start a fire. Mm-hmm. With the uh, by kicking the stove there, the oven, uh-huh. um, but it's out of gas, and so it doesn't ever catch on fire. Oh, but since he's got his lighter, <laughs> apparently, uh, he figures, well, since I'm up here, I'll just blaze a doobie. <laughs> because he's frightened. Yes, it is frightening. 
And and so he wept. He started to cry. He was very concerned. <laughs> but then he remember how he killed a previous killer in a previous movie. Uh-huh. And so while he's hanging up on the meat hook, he did what he needed to do from the last movie. And oh, he killed the guy again. That's vague. But no, <laughs> plot twist says that that did not happen. And in fact, the killer came out and he was wearing a blonde wig. And then he asked, did everyone remember to charge herself? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was a foolish question to ask. <laughs> All right. So let me fast forward this story. And you know what? I'm going to fast forward the story. Whoa. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to fast forward the story. Does it say you can't just unload these fast forward cards? How did you get three fast forwards? <laughs> oh, I got four, actually. What? <laughs> Were they all, you drew four of them? Yeah. Yeah. And now that, um, now that, 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 that's happened, (laughs) things are weak. He's weak. Yeah. He's weak. He notices that the killer, um, in his blonde wig looks kind of slutty. And so he invites her back to a party where he has a beer keg. But the killer wants to be taken seriously, so he takes off the blonde wig and puts on a hockey mask. And then he hesitated because he wasn't sure if the mask was going to work. Oh, okay. (laughs) So the killer has a change of heart, and he dry-humped the counselor on the meat hook. And he was busy doing that that he didn't hear the footsteps coming in behind him. And so the counselor on the meat hook is all sarcastic and says, Oh, what are those? Some menacing footsteps coming up behind us? And then suddenly, there were no footsteps. There was just ominous quiet. And the killer is impaled with a giant spike. So they try to make a phone call. With their cell phones that are charged. (laughs) Because they reminded them to charge them. Right. So the counselor makes his way off the meat hook. (laughs) And then says to himself, maybe we should make sure the bad guy is dead. Because he just got impaled by that spike. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then he got stabbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what's going on in this story anymore. <laughs> and he got slashed. And he got split up. <laughs> okay, I don't think that's the context. I don't think so either, but I don't have anything else. <laughs> uh-huh. So let's fast forward again. So he took the cell phone Um. And started to make a phone call, but he noticed that there was some sharp, broken glass laying around. <laughs> and then, I'm fast-forwarding the story, <laughs> rolled their eyes. He said, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Because I have dead batteries now. What? But I just <laughs> reminded you to charge them. <laughs> I don't even know who's starring in the story at this point. Is this the killer or the I don't know. The counselor? Okay. I think it might be an anti-hero kind of thing. Okay, We're it's... actually rooting for the killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, this... and we're nowhere even near the motel anymore. No, we're <laughs> somewhere else. I'm going to fast forward somewhere. <laughs> and so he says, I've got a bad feeling about this. And he went back to the motel <laughs> and partied. He partied mercilessly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fast forward some more. He took out his boom box and he was not paying attention. I'm going to fast forward to four cards. Oh, wow. He limped along because remember, he was impaled. Uh huh. He's so. getting over it pretty quickly. And he's getting pretty pissed and he's getting a little mouthy. <laughs> uh huh. Um, and he didn't know. And so now he's 
as he's becoming like more mouthy, he is pretty menacing. Uh, well, obviously. And something is that for? I think so. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's pretty menacing now. Yeah. And so he is now the villain of the story. Of course. But then he remembered that he has a gaping wound on his back and he's lost a lot of blood. So he fainted. And when he fainted, he fell and he got axe embedded in the forehead. Oh, no. <laughs> what a terrible story. <laughs> we, we, Hollywood's just snatching that story up right I now. I smell a new franchise, Brian. So that's three. All right. I'm winning. Only four more to win. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we may, not, we may not make it to four more. All right. Our next story stars the real killer. Oh, <laughs> that's right. It was me all along. So that's kind of like um, when you, the scream thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes place at the creepy mansion. Ooh. It brooded dark and solitary on the hill, irresistible to murderers and teens alike. Teens love creepy mansions. They do. You don't see very many creepy mansions anymore, though. Mm-mm. Well, it says that teens love the creepy mansion, so a group of teens decided to explore the creepy mansion on the hill. And one was particularly well endowed and sporting a lot of cleavage. Oh, wow. As as there is in horror movies. Yes. So she was having trouble struggling through the... uh, through the pathway to get to the front door of the of the mansion because it was so muddy. And she said, oh my God, the people who maintain the exterior of this mansion are so incompetent that they, there's all this mud here. Mm-hmm. They this should have been cleaned up. She's a little spoiled. Well, and it turns out that the um, groundskeeper, the real killer, heard her say that, came out and stabbed her in the face with an axe. If you can get stabbed with an axe. But fortunately, she survived. <laughs> oh, how do you how do you survive an axe to the face? Because really, she didn't. Another plot twist. <laughs> um, so she screamed and ran away with the axe in her face. Still, she's still alive somehow. I don't know why. Didn't I cancel your? Oh, you did. I canceled your. Fin- so then somebody found her and screamed. The end. Yeah. <laughs> I won that round. These are great stories. These are great stories. <laughs> Feel free to use them in intellectual property and sell them to Hollywood. I think that you should watch, let's see, I'm trying to think of a horror movie you should watch that maybe, uh, do you like suspenseful movies at all? I think that's what I don't like about horror movies is the suspense. I don't like being scared. So you just want to see gore then? I don't mind gore. <laughs> oh. Hmm. I'm not like, yeah, let's watch Human Centipede for the 15th time or anything <laughs> like that, but that's just gross. You should actually, did you ever watch, uh, what's that one? Cabin in the Woods? No. You You might like that one. Yeah. Okay. I think it goes in a place that you would actually enjoy. Okay. All right. Oh, am I setting the scene now? Yes. Okay. Our next character is the jock. Out of my way, dweeb. If anyone is going into that creepy old house first, it's me. (laughs) And the setting is the boiler room. Dun, dun, dun. A lot of freaky shit happens in that boiler room. It says it's officially the creepiest place in any small town. It's true. Mm -hmm. Am I starting? I think I should, but I don't ever know what to do with this one. All right. What is it? Well, so let's see. The jock, he thinks that something amiss is in the boiler room. What the fuck is amiss a card for? (laughs) Something's amiss. (laughs) I know. It it works. Okay. So something's amiss in the boiler room. Um, 
So he has a feeling it might be someone psychotic is hiding in the boiler room. Psychotic with scissors. Right. Because it's the boiler room of like a garment factory. Oh, okay. It's a garment factory. <laughs> so there's all these like really old, sharp scissors mm-hmm. that they used for the garments. Abandoned right. garment factory. Right. With haunted seamstresses. Great. I'm going to fast forward <laughs> and play two additional cards. And um, the jock was naked. Because it's a garment factory, he found these clothes on the floor and he was trying. He was going to try them on. So he was naked. But as he was changing his clothes, he scratched himself on something that was in the clothing. While he's naked and scratching himself, (laughs) um, he's gleaming. Just the moonlight is basking his jock form, and he's gleaming. Oh, it's like that scene in Lethal Weapon when Mel Mel Gibson's walking around naked. I don't know if I've ever seen that. (laughs) He's doing his naked in the moonlight. Oh. (laughs) While he was... I'm going to play two cards. So while he was undressed, <laughs> he noticed that something lurked in the corner of this of this boiler room in the garment factory. <laughs> I'm gonna play four cards. Wow! Something. What was it? Lurked, mm-hmm. and it was lurking and it breathed very heavily. Oh, okay. And then you see in the moonlight, gleaming as well, a knife, <gasps> and he got stabbed, and then he bled to death. Wow. Which is fitting that he got cut to ribbons in a gruesome display, and that's where the movie ends. That is where it ends. All right. That was really anticlimactic as well. None of these have really been terribly exciting. This is going to take place at Makeout Point. Do you have protection against disease and murderous intention? (laughs) Condoms. And our character is the person you wish dies first. I'm not a geek. I'm a unique weasel. Ha. Yeah, he's terrible. I hope he dies first. Well, he kind of looks a little bit like um, Matthew Lillard. Oh, yeah. From so Scream. Y- you really would want him to die first. Yeah. Actually, some people I know don't really like Matthew Lillard, and they always want him to die. It, so even in Scooby-Doo, they were hoping he would die. Probably. <laughs> I feel that way about certain people. Okay. All right, you may go. Okay, so the person you wish dies first is at Makeout Point, and he's... Somehow he's been able to arrange a date with this girl that he really likes at school. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's nervous, so he adjusted his glasses as he was waiting for her to show up. He nervously adjusted his glasses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got stood up. What? Yeah. And so he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll go home, but his car wouldn't start. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much intrigue already. I know. So his car wouldn't start. I'm going to fast forward three three cards. Oh, um, so he decided while he, he was waiting for someone else to come along, he would put on his headphones and that's when he noticed on the back of his car, a bloody handprint and it made him so nervous that he puked and he puked all over his clothes. And so he had to change. Mm-hmm. So he put on some skimpy clothes. <laughs> of course he did. Cause he had them in like his car, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And then that's when. He should have known that having sex in the creepy abandoned place of Makeout Point was a bad idea, and he got killed. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, well, then he got stabbed in the throat and choked on his own blood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think with that one, you actually won. I won. <laughs> I played two finale cards on that hand. <laughs> Boom. Booyah. And he died first, so it wasn't totally disappointing. Only it was. <laughs> 
I think this is a fun game. I think it'd be more fun with a big group. Yeah. It gets a little strained. But then also, I think it would get really even more weird. It would be hard harder to keep track of with more people, I think. Probably. But yeah. like it said in the rules, you don't, there, it, nothing really has to make sense. Yeah. I mean, the story can go anywhere. It's not like it's a, a three-act actual scripted piece of art, <laughs> you know, that has to make sense. Okay, where would you rather go after the show? Would you rather go to the boiler room, Makeout Point, Creepy Mansion, that old abandoned hotel, or the big homecoming dance? Well, <laughs> I actually want to just go home alone. <laughs> oh, then you're going to die. Or you're going to be left at home alone by your parents. Netflix. <laughs> I'm just going to watch Netflix. Just going to Netflix and chill. Yep. Alone. Gross. So, Cabin in the Woods was actually one of the locations that we didn't get to. Oh, okay. You really should see Cabin in the Woods. I, I recommend it. Okay. Hey, Christopher. So, thank you for sending us this game. It was a lot of fun to play. It was. And um, we hope you got your fill of tropes on this one because we certainly did. We got a lot of tropes going on. It was a little harder than I was expecting. Yeah. But, um, but it was fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. That's it for this episode of Game Night Guys. Visit our website to find your favorite games at GameNightGuys.com. You can email us at hello at GameNightGuys.com or leave us a voicemail at 480-648-GAME. That's 480-648-4263. Follow us on Twitter. We are at GameNightGuys. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Cecil Jean. And I'm at Cheap Blue Guitar. Join us on Facebook and tell us about your game nights at Facebook.com slash GameNightGuys. Be sure to tell your friends about the show. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, including iTunes and Stitcher Smart radio thanks for listening as always you are invited to our next game night it's your move bye bye forever (laughs) and this week's game is tropes horror show edition horror horror oh (laughs) sorry that caught me off guard should i say it again yeah say horror horror (laughs) that totally i just (laughs) and this week's game is tropes horror shore (laughs) why how do i normally horror shore horror horror horrors